Um, today is the continuation in the series, Our Mission, Our Purpose. And this will be part three that's being covered today. Alright, so today I want to start in Luke chapter 6. If you could turn to Luke chapter 6, please. And I'll cover verse 41, 42 for a little bit, and then I'm going to jump into the book of John. You know what, let me just read from verse 39. Verse 39. This is Jesus speaking. And he spoke a parable to them. Can, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? Verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. Verse 41. These are the two I want to focus on. And why do you look at your, the speck in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye. When you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye. Hypocrite! First remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Okay. So I'm going to stop there. Well, I'm setting this up to take you somewhere. Now, Jesus was speaking to the Jewish brethren. He wasn't talking to the world. He's talking to the Jewish brethren. And he was teaching about judging others and he also about hypocrisy. And before we start interfering to clean up other people's lives, we must first clean up our own lives. That's the nutshell of what he's saying there. But I'm going to take you and show you how the way he responded and what he was teaching here. I'm going to give you a, a real life example based on the scriptures of how this was applied. And how this was in line with his mission. Okay? So here he's talking about, do not try to take the speck out of somebody's eye before you take the plank out of your own eye. Don't try to fix somebody else's life before you take care of your own life. So let's go to John chapter 8. And I'm going to start reading from verse 2 through verse 11. John chapter 8 verse 2. Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees, brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Verse 6. They, this they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience, 
went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11, she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now this is an interesting uh, story here. And it shows, and I'll show you Jesus' mission in action. And what I read from the book of Luke when Jesus was reading from the book of Isaiah and talking about what his mission was. What The way he interacted with the, the Pharisees and this woman, he never deviated from what his mission was. He never deviated from it. Okay, so let's go back to verse 2. Now, early in the morning, I mean, that means early in the morning, the first thing on Jesus' priority was about the Father's business. He went straight into the temple and started teaching. First thing, that's it, that's it. Priority. He went to the temple, started teaching. And, you know, people come to the temple to pray or do whatever they, they, it is they do. But he drew a crowd. And he sat down and started teaching people. So the scribes and the, and the Pharisees came to him with this woman, caught in adultery. There was no denying it. I mean, they said here yeah, in verse 4. This woman was caught in the very act. I mean, she was caught. There was no denying anything. There was evidence. There were witnesses that this woman was in, was in an act of adultery. So th these people came with this woman interrupting Jesus' class that he's teaching, coming in the midst and starting this scene with, with Jesus. So they, they proceeded to tell Jesus, hey, this is what we caught this woman doing. What do you say about it? What are your thoughts? Tell us what you, what you, what, give us feedback. What do you think about this? Trying to set him up. So it is said here in verse 6, they were testing him. They were looking for a way to find anything to accuse him. So that they can, they can, they're trying to set him up so that he can be arrested and killed or arrested and beaten. They were looking for some way to accuse him. But look at Jesus' response. He didn't answer them right away. They posed the question. He stooped down. Pretend he was writing on the ground. And they kept asking. Then he stood up and he responded. Then he stooped down again. Realizing Jesus is listening for a response for the Father. How we should respond to these people. Once he got the, because the father is, he said, whatever I say and whatever I do, it's not me. It's the father in me doing the works. So when the father told him what to say, because the, the, the father already knows what these guys are up to. Then he spoke and he stooped again. Right, so let me give you some scenario here now. So the woman was caught in the act, no denying it. Can't deny it. She broke the law. That's why they came and set you got to remember now, when Jesus was walking the earth, they were still under the Jewish law. 
We weren't under grace yet because he hadn't gone to the cross. They were still under the law. So they came accusing her of breaking the law because that's committing adultery is, is, is a crime, is a sin, punishable by death. So they condemned her because she broke the law. And as I said, according to the law, and they said here, she should be, she should be stoned. In verse 5, what do you say? His answer, as Jesus answered, he said, a person who is sinless should start carrying out the sentence. He who is without sin, throw the first stone, throw the first stone at her. So if whoever is sinless, start carrying out the death sentence. His word convicted them because of their conscience. And it said here in verse 9, they heard it being convicted by their conscience. They were convicted by their conscience. Why? Because they themselves were guilty. They were all guilty of something. So that is the reason why no one threw that stone. And they all left. Because they all knew, based on what Jesus said, and based on the law, that they were guilty of breaking the law. Just as this woman was guilty of breaking the law. What does this tell me? What do I see? And what do I want you to see? They were all sinners. The woman was just got, she just got caught. But they were all sinners. She got caught. Because at the time, remember I said they were all under the law. And no one can be made righteous by the law. Because everyone broke the law. No one could keep the law. So when Jesus came, he came to put an end to the law. And the end of to the law came when he went on the cross. But at that time, this woman was condemned by the law because she broke the law. But she wasn't the only one that broke the law. The other people who were accusing her of adultery, of breaking the law, they were also guilty of the law. That's why they left and did not, no one threw a stone at her. Because they were equally guilty. Now, now observe, Jesus never said that because she did a, committed adultery was greater than some other sin. Under the law, under God, sin is sin. There is no one sin that's greater than another. In other words, adultery is not a bigger penalty than lying. Whether you lie, you manipulate, you bear false witness, you commit adultery, you fornicate, they all sin. No sin is greater than the other. You got that? No sin in God's eye is greater than any other sin. God doesn't have a, 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 a pyramid of which sin is greater than any. The only one is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That is one that God wouldn't forgive. So Jesus said to the woman, Where are your, your, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And that word condemn means a death sentence has been assigned to that person. That's why they wanted to, they were going to stone her. Because once you broke that law, there's a death sentence assigned to you. You're condemned to death. So he said, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? And she said, 
No, no, Lord. Well, he said, since no one condemned you, neither do I. Now watch this. Was Jesus guilty of any sin? No. He had, if anybody had a right to condemn that woman was him. Because he was guiltless. He was free of sin. But look at his response to this woman's sin. He said, I don't condemn you, even though he's the son of God. Even though he's God in the flesh. He has every right to condemn her, but why didn't he condemn her? Because Jesus said in another scripture, he said, I have come not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. That's his mission. And if you go back and read what he declared about himself. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives. That's what he did with the woman. He forgave her of her sin. Because what? She was a captive of sin. What do sinners do? Sinners sin. You can't expect a sinner not to sin. A sinner is going to do what they're going to do. Now let me just qualify this. Jesus didn't condone this woman's sin. But let me show you the heart of God here. He came to set people like her free. He came to offer people a different life. Or a different way to live. Because they were under the law. So he came in time and space now to show them the Father to give his life so that man can be, fallen man can be reconciled to God. So he was exercising now to this woman mercy and compassion because that's what God did when God sent him, Christ. When he went on the cross, that's what, that's what the, the Father was doing, extending mercy and compassion to sinners. So the woman, what did she experience? She experienced mercy and the love of God. And offers, which offers a change of heart and a changed life. Because what did Jesus say? I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. She had every right to be stoned to death, but she got mercy. Jesus forgave this woman. That was his mission. To release this woman from her sin. Because when he said go and sin no more. He said I forgive you of your sin. That's why he said go and sin no more. I have forgiven you of your sin. I have set you free. So that you are no longer condemned to death. As the woman was impacted by the word of God. Which is Jesus. She had a change of heart. And going forward her lifestyle has changed. She will no longer find herself in an adulterous relationship. As I said, he was not ignoring the woman's sin, nor condoning her sin. The point is, we should not be consumed by the sins of others that we look of, overlook our own sin. That's why it's said about the beam and the speck. Don't try to take the speck out of somebody's eye until you take the beam out of your own eye. Because that's what the, the Pharisees and the scribes were doing. 
They try to, to, to chastise this woman, vilify this woman for her sin, and they got their own sin in their life, which they didn't deal with. So as I said, Jesus wasn't saying it's okay. He was showing his mission was not to judge, but to forgive and to show people a different way to live so that they can be reconciled to God. So we must not be too quick to point out the sin of others and vilify them while we also have sin in our lives. And many times, if you see people pointing out people's sin or people's what pe- or pe- how people messed up, guaranteed, if they're pointing it out, it's because they are doing the same thing. Or even worse. So anytime you see people pointing and, and accusing people of stuff, guaranteed they got stuff in their own closet that they don't want exposed. They are guilty of sin themselves. We cannot keep the laws of righteousness in our own will or strength. We can't do it. That's why the Bible says it's by grace we have been saved. Through faith, not of our works. You can't be good enough to be saved. You can't do enough good to be saved. Salvation is free. And all you have to do is believe in what Jesus did. And because of that, then you do good works. Because of who you are in Christ. Because that's how you glorify God, when you do good works. But you don't do good works to be saved. You do good works because you are saved. Because you want to glorify God. So, our righteousness, trying to do it in our own strength, is like walking in the, under the law. That describes under Pharisees. They couldn't keep the law. And try to follow rules and regulations. You can't, man can't do it. We screw up. One minute we are good, next minute we mess up. Why do you think they have laws? They have laws in the books. Don't steal, don't this, don't that. And people still steal, people still lie, people still, still kill. They still do it. Because it's the nature of man. They can't keep rules. They can't keep laws. They can't do it. That's a sin nature. For a man to walk in righteousness, or a woman to walk in righteousness, the change has to be from the inside out. And that's why Jesus came. So we who are in Christ, we must have mercy and show mercy. We must show compassion and realize that it's only by grace, the grace of God, through the blood of Christ, that we are not condemned with the world. When you believe, listen, when you're, when you're not saved, there's a death sentence already on you. When you give your life to Christ, when you come to Christ, that death sentence has been commuted. Now you move from, from, from darkness into light. You're forgiven. So that death sentence has been commuted. Because the G- Jesus says, if you don't believe, you're already condemned. Because the judgment of God, the wrath of God rests upon you. But with you, when you believe, that's just commuted. It's removed from you. You move from now darkness into light. Okay? So Jesus did not condemn the woman. Or any other sinner. Where if, or, and you know, I'll give, give some more examples when I, I pick it up next week. 
He never condemned anyone. Why? Because he didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to judge. But when he comes back, the next time you see him, he's coming as judge. But when he, Jesus said, I have come, that those who are lost might have life and have it more abundantly. I didn't come to judge. I came to save. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. What is the good news to the poor? What is the good news to people? That you do not have to be a slave to sin. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. And it's talking about spiritual blindness. To proclaim the acceptable and the year of favor of the Lord. The day when salvation and the favor of God abounds greatly. That's now. Because he went to the cross to bring it to pass. Alright? So is there anything you learned today? We mustn't judge. And we don't try to fix people's lives. First, fix our lives. Be an example. Be the light. And when people see that, then we can guide people on how they ought to live. And when people see the life of God and Christ in us, and our life reflecting the glory of God, then we can... Help people, directing them to the light. Which is what? Christ in us. We direct them to the light, through the word of God. And then they take the change takes place from inside out. And then you won't even have to remove the speck from their eye. They will remove the speck themselves. Okay, so I'm going to stop there and I'm going to pick this up again next week. And if anything you've learned, learned today. Fix your fence before you try to fix somebody else's fence. Amen? Alright. So I'm going to stop there. And um, I hope you receive something today. In Jesus' name.